Hi everyone, welcome to Work Actually, the podcast that delves into the reality behind different jobs and careers. I'm your host Kate and thank you for choosing to listen today. I understand there are obviously millions of podcasts out there and so much choice, so hopefully I don't disappoint and you come back for more. I had such a popular episode out last week. If you didn't already listen, I spoke to a lady called Kate Hoyle, a hypnotherapist who specializes in an approach called rapid transformational therapy, which she says can treat disorders such as anxiety and depression and phobias and addictions in sometimes just one session. So we talk a lot about the difference in RTT to long-term talking therapies and the issues facing young people today, including the lack of effective support for mental health and also for parents as well. So if that sounds interesting, do go back and listen. But today's chat is with such an inspiring woman called Claire Dove. She's a professional songwriter and I loved this chat because Claire was just so honest And it's not easy speaking out about problems in your industry, but she's so passionate about what she does and why the music industry needs some serious change to support songwriters and especially women. Some of what she says will will shock you. I can believe some of it, but hopefully there is change on the horizon because of the work people like Claire are doing. So I really hope you enjoy the chat. Welcome to the Work Actually podcast, Claire. It's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you. So good to be here. Yeah, it's really good. I'm so glad you reached out because the podcast, I go on such a weird and wonderful journey with it and I haven't yet spoken to a singer-songwriter and it's certainly something that I would have loved to have been when I was younger. Well, actually, still, <laughs> I think I still would, unless you tell me quite a horrible reality behind it, which I don't <laughs> think you're going to. I'll talk um, you out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it, I'm trying to think, what do I think of a singer-songwriter? And what have I always thought of before? Yeah. You, you think of this kind of glamorous, sitting around a table with artists and, and you're you're drawing out the emotion and the and the lyrics. And I'm sure this is mm-hmm. completely, completely wrong with that. <laughs> Or just one of these really mysterious, cool lyricists that sits with their guitar and just like, oh, that sounds, oh, yeah, those lyrics are good. I'll write that down. (laughs) Creates greatness. Um, Something I'm quite a stranger to. I don't create much greatness. Apart from this part, of course. Of course. This is a a creative thing you're creating, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's not that far off. (laughs) Tell me, how do you describe what what you do to people when you're you're at a party or something? (laughs) Yeah, or to my mum who still doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, completely. So I guess I would describe the job of a songwriter. It is partly partly the job, of course, is being creative and crafting melodies and lyrics that hopefully people really want to listen to. Um a huge part of it though, when you're working with other artists in particular, is actually building connection with other people and helping them to tell their story so something I didn't know before I kind of got into it was such a huge part of my role as a songwriter in that room when we're creating is being the person that makes that artist feel comfortable that they can be vulnerable with you even if they literally met you 10 minutes ago or an hour ago that's interesting Um, yeah 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 completely um you really quickly learn to just form quick connections with people and learn ways to make people feel safe with you really 
that's so interesting because it's almost a little bit like a counselor role isn't it you have to learn how yeah. to draw that emotion and feeling yeah and completely because making out. songs yeah making songs is so vulnerable um I think everyone I've ever spoken to who's ever like made a song and had the idea to share it it's so scary like putting your words and feelings to music and then being like here it is yeah <laughs> um it's terrifying um so yeah my job really if I'm working with another artist is yeah to be that to be that person that helps them feel safe in telling their story and then takes that story puts it into a song and then hopefully my end goal is at the end of the day they're like we did it like that's that's completely how I felt like I can't believe we captured that in a song and I'm like yay that's my job <laughs> that's amazing actually and also where we say you're, you're like a counselor and helping draw it out it must feel a little bit like therapy as well to them because when the whole you know people say when you, you feel worried about something or, or something inside write it down you know yeah write it down and, and get it out and that process can be really cathartic it can be very emotional it can draw out feelings you might not have properly processed and do you see that in people as well that kind of emotional journey Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's um for like the majority of creatives, like that's why people create because that's their way of expressing themselves. Um and it, it can be super emotional. Um and I've you know, I've had artists be like, I can't believe I just shared that story with you or told you that. Like I literally have never never told anyone that. But that yeah. kind of is the nature of that setting. It's a really unique thing being in that like that room together creating a song um yeah it's really special but then you know on the flip side it's um it's about chemistry and connection really and sometimes sometimes it's really hard to break that wall down it takes a few meetings to get there with someone um and to like find that chemistry so so yeah it's it's not it's not always first time though (laughs) that managed to tap in did you start writing songs? Like, tell me about your journey. So you, yeah. you obviously probably started writing songs for yourself. And then did you work with songwriters and, and start to understand? Yeah, so my, so my journey into songwriting was kind of um, different to, to a lot of people's. I actually started off doing the sort of artist thing from when I was in my teens. Like I always, you know, that childhood dream we were talking about. I always was like, I want to be a pop star. That was always yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, so I was... Do- you know, taking that really seriously from, I guess, being like an early teenager. Who did you want to be? Who did I want to be? Um, Madonna is like the queen oh, yeah. of my life. I, I have Madonna tattooed on me. Yeah, the day I write, write a song for her is just going to be the, oh, the ultimate. <laughs> to make it happen. I know. That's why I say when, 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 when. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, but when I was making music, I had people writing songs for me and I was kind of being told you know that's not your place don't worry about it just show up sing the songs and I was like oh okay I guess I guess if I'm not supposed to do that bit um and then I would sometimes be like oh maybe maybe we could try this and in that particular situation I was in I kind of was always you know quietened and told like don't worry about it it's like stay in your lane um and then I, I kind of grew out of that situation I was in. Um, and I started just approaching producers, 
via SoundCloud and Twitter and hitting them up and being like, hi, would you do a session with me? Because I really just wanted to build something of my own. And I would show up and I would just write a song there on the spot. And I had no idea if it was good or or what. I just I just wanted to try, just see if I could do it. Um, and most producers started being like, did you? did you write that just then? And I was like, yeah, is it, is it any good? And they were like, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then from then I started getting invited to come and write for other artists as the songwriter. And I just completely fell in love with that side of the industry, which truly before then I just, I never knew that was, I didn't even know that was a job, honestly. Ooh. When I thought of songwriters, I thought of, I don't know, pe- people like Elton John who like, I mean, he doesn't actually write his lyrics, but, you know, someone that sits down at the piano and can craft something. And I truly don't even really play instruments. Um, That's so interesting. (laughs) Which always shocks people. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you perform. Yeah. Yeah. So you sing, you perform. How, what what was the timing in you reaching out and saying, you know, I want to work with you? Mm -hmm. You actually then almost becoming on the circuit you're saying or in the fold of the songwriting it definitely it definitely was over the period of a few years but it was like with every session that I would go to for myself I would meet someone new and they would invite me to come and write with an artist that they were working with and then that artist would like working with me and they'd invite me to come to another session so I'd meet a new producer and that producer would invite me to work with another artist so it was really a really long process, really yeah. slow, had no team around me, no one kind of putting me forward for things. It was completely organic. Um, yeah. So talk to me about the process of writing a song mm-hmm. and, and how natural it, naturally it came to you because it sounds like it did. You just, yeah. that's your way of expressing yourself. And is that something you found as kind of a child really is? that way of articulating how you feel yeah because now when I look back and I think how long it took me to realize that I was going to love songwriting I'm like it was so obvious like you love music you love singing and I loved writing like I loved creative writing and poetry and writing stories and any excuse to write I loved it um I just didn't realize that I could be a songwriter even though I couldn't really play the piano or guitar I just didn't I didn't know that was a thing um and obviously now I do know so I guess for any listeners that are like uh how does that work um yeah I am (laughs) are you writing a poem that someone then creates the music for do you have the music in your head so what order is it in so my kind of title I guess is some people call it being a top liner which I don't love because it kind of implies that you're not involved in everything which I definitely am but yeah, so being a top liner means that I create the melody and the lyrics of the song. Um, and the way that most music is made now is a producer will make the instrumental and then a top liner will create the melody and lyrics. Um, and sometimes that can be a separate process, like a producer will send me an instrumental and I'll write to it. But the vast majority of the time we're in the room together, we're creating something from scratch um and the order in which it comes just completely depends on the day like the artist might come in or I might come in with a concept in mind or a reference in mind like oh I heard this song this morning and it it really made me feel something and I really want to evoke that same feeling like 
of that production or that strings pattern that I heard in that song like that's beautiful can we incorporate that um so yeah it, it kind of depends or it can be I can start with a melody and be like I had this little this little hook in my head and and kind of start singing it and the producer will build around it um so yeah the process is is different day to day but essentially yeah I make melody and lyrics and it's a collaborative thing with a producer and because you don't play an instrument do you hear an instrument in your head of what you think yeah. that sound or that <laughs> melody will sound like yeah and then you kind of yeah try and try and communicate that sort of vision yeah that idea yeah and truly like that is from a producer point of view that is part of their job to be able to interpret what I'm saying so when I'm literally trying to sing sing a chord at them, which obviously isn't yeah. possible, and I'm like, I, I think it should go like this and the strings line should do this and I'm singing it at them. Part of what makes a great producer is they can they can interpret that. Um and as you build sort of ongoing relationships with producers, they they sort of understand your language and they're like, I know what Claire means. Like you want it like this, and I'm like, Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Oh, it must be such a nice moment when they get what you mean and then you start to hear it and it comes to life. And Yeah, completely. And that's, that is the magic thing about writing songs is you start off the day and there's, there's nothing there. It didn't exist when you got up that morning and then, and then you go home listening to this thing on repeat that you just created in that space together that day. And it is, it's, that truly is the best, best, best thing. Would you call it an art or a science or is it both? I would call it an art, but there definitely is a science to it. Um, it's like many things, I guess. Like people say, you've got to learn the rules and then you can break the rules. Mm. Um, yeah. So there are, particularly with like pop music, there are things that just that just work. Formulas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are some songwriters that always follow those exact formulas and, because, and because that really works for them. As listeners as well, we've become accustomed to certain ways a song mm -hmm. is developed and structured, isn't it? If you suddenly had a chorus at the start in the opening or mm -hmm. or, or something out of the ordinary, yep. you know, it, it would jar a listener a tiny bit, wouldn't it? It might work, but... Yeah. You, well, actually, not... interesting that you say that actually now c chorus up front is actually quite a good thing because oh. people because people's attention spans are so short oh interesting yeah of course you want to grab them straight TikTok, away tiktok generation of um exactly. yeah i think of those songs on tiktok that go viral and how many people have actually listened to the whole song you know yeah yeah it doesn't i mean we we'll probably get into this a bit deeper but the kind of tiktok thing about discovering music doesn't always translate sometimes You'll be no. like, oh, that like that that one line of that song that I keep hearing is so stuck in my head. Yeah, and then you go and listen to the whole thing, and out of context, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Not, oh, absolutely, it's not, or it's not really for me, or yeah. yeah. And that must be so frustrating in a way for <laughs> these artists that are doing really well on these platforms because yeah, it's great the exposure they're getting, but actually, is it the exposure they want? Because are people actually interested in their sound? Are they then That's changing the thing, their like, sound? Yeah, often that that thing of like, oh, loads of people use my TikTok sound, that doesn't actually translate into them becoming fans of your music, yeah. which is With why the, it's so yeah. important as an artist to still really know who you are, like what's your brand, what's your sound, 
everything. Um, otherwise, when when people go and find you, that's kind of the end of the line. Yeah, I've got a friend who's a comedian and he's in the same situation. He's put in a lot of work on the stage, like really perfecting his craft as yeah. a stand-up comedian. But, you know, during lockdown, really capitalised on found the TikTok craze and you know has thousands and thousands of fans now but but often they don't translate to that yeah we're following that is going to go and buy the ticket to watch him on stage and luckily he is someone that has that as back or not even the backup that's his craft yeah but you know he's not hugely reliant on that to further his career in that space but you know a lot of people jump on it and are good at it but then yeah what's the next step yeah so I was speaking on this panel and a lot of the audience questions were about like discovering artists through TikTok and stuff um, and labels, the label side of things. They were like, yeah, we we love to sign to sign artists like when we can see how big their fan base is. And TikTok is great for that. And it is great for that. But there is a flip side, which is a song will blow up on TikTok. Labels will come and be like, OK, great. Run to them, quickly sign that artist and then if like your comedian friend, if that artist hasn't really built who they are and a strong foundation and knows who they are musically, then actually there isn't really, there isn't really truly an artist there. There was just a song and you can't build a whole business off of a snippet of a song. You can like do well on TikTok, which is great. So there is, there's really a balance, I think, of appreciating that social media is this is this fun thing and is this great way to reach new audiences and for for artists to be able to have some of that control and really growing something on their own but the flip side I think is we need to not focus on the social media to the point where we're not truly like focusing on who we are as artists and yeah because that's what we really huge, want to be in the world huge shift really I mean the music industry has had big shifts you know, mainly the huge rise in digital and, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that major labels became not as important, really. You know, people could create their own, upload their own music, share it. It wasn't dependent on a label or a shop or, you know, a distributor. Yeah. But with social media, yeah, you're, you're talking about removing the whole artist development stage in a way yeah. that's been so important, which which you which is so critical if, if you're looking at something long-term and, and someone's long-term career. Yeah, completely. And, but also the, way, also the way people are discovering music now. You know, now yeah. on TikTok, now on, on Peloton you can discover music. You can yeah, discover completely. music on, on Fortnite. You know, it's just... Yeah, which is great because, you know, the more places we can discover music, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think it shows that artists don't, like, the only way is not, from having like major radio plays and stuff and you know you can build these little little pockets of community and audience that maybe yeah maybe they did find you through peloton or maybe you do have a little tiktok circle and and that's great but i do think i think we're in a bit of a weird time where there are less real like i call them legacy artists like artists that are going to last for generations and they're going to bring album after album after album because they have a true artistic vision um and I think those are like fewer and fewer now so um yeah I feel like there needs to be a change and a kind of compromise and how can we use social media and digital and streaming and all those things that are 
great in many ways, but how can we actually still be developing really exciting culture shifting artists? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, sad news, the death of Jamal Edwards last week. So sad. Yeah, SBTV. But what he did actually in that space of urban artists who what didn't really have much of a platform Mm -hmm. and then actually, right, and then you coincide with you know a lot of societal issues of gigs not being allowed to put on and and yeah you know lots of of areas there where where he saw you know he got a video camera didn't he he videoed people where he just saw talent they were developing it with friends recording themselves and just created that really nice hub where social media kind of the start really where you could yeah really nurture talent that wasn't being nurtured and create a space where it could then develop it wasn't yeah. quick find all this. It was actually creating that scene and community. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, since his sad passing, so many artists have have kind of said, I don't think I would have a career without Jamal. Like he he created that community, he created that culture and he he gave artists that platform. And he truly was just finding artists that he was like, I love what they're doing and I think the world needs to hear it. He wasn't waiting until those artists were already doing big numbers on their own and then jumping on which I think is the the disconnect now yeah because um, oh, it it felt so less on capitalizing on the moment when actually looking at the talent and developing and nurturing yeah. that and like you say yeah. that that artist development that's so important yeah completely so when you write a song you yeah. you have things in mind you know tune words what about genre do you stick to the same genres do you like to kind of test it really depends similar? um it like it depends on the artist and like what their genre is and what their musical influences are um if i'm just writing for if i'm writing for my own artist project or if i'm writing just for pure therapy and enjoyment then then I'm always going to draw from the influences that I have personally. Um, and my personal taste is I have the music that I like, which, yeah. which is what I love. Um, but yeah, I write across all different genres. And then in addition to the work I do sort of with artists and writing for my own artist project, I also do songs for like Sync and Library. And they'll say, that's when like a label or a publisher will come to me and say, hey, we need an album of dancey, girl power songs we need a whole album can you deliver it by the end of the month and you're like okay cool and they're like hey some of the concepts we want to hear are things like this we want to include phrases like such and such and you're like okay cool um and you're very much writing to a brief so that's a very that's a real other side of the coin and is that for them to then sell the rights to brands and things to use in ad campaigns and things yeah, ad campaigns um, in the background of like TV shows, movies yeah. and stuff. Because um, basically to to license having songs played in the background of things all comes at different costs. Um, so to have a major, huge artist, to have one of their songs playing in the background, that's going to cost you a lot of money. But you can, like labels will have these albums stored and it's called a library album. And they'll be like, okay what we kind of want is like a girl bandy feel we actually made this girl band album so let's pull some tracks from that um which is always which is so fun to create I love those projects um and they truly are actually um like a big part of the bread and butter of how I actually can survive because 
the reality is that just doesn't get talked about ever is that every time a songwriter shows up to write for another artist project you know to really to kind of serve that artist and their vision and write for their album or their single we are not getting paid well you have to wait until the song makes money if so there's so many barriers to get through so firstly is that song even gonna come out there's no promise that that song is your coming time, out. Your time isn't paid for. Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> what so, an old-fashioned model. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big reason why I really wanted to to come and speak to you um, because I really want people to know that there are this the way this industry works at the moment is really broken and songwriters are really fighting to actually be able to still be songwriters and something that none of us really talk about even within our our community is that really hey none of us are actually making any money like we've been the last 10 days we've all been going to studio sessions and doing all these things but I don't want to ask you but how are you paying your rent because I know I'm struggling like mm. <laughs> and it's just because yeah. a lab- this is more on when a label has an artist and you're brought in not when they give you a brief of like a girl band album then you'll get a certain amount yeah. of money will you yeah yeah so for that I'll get I'll get a set fee um yeah. and then I'll still get publishing so I'll still get royalties for every time that song is played somewhere I'll still be getting little bits of money trickling in but the main thing is yeah I I, I took the time I wrote the songs I sung the songs as well and I got oh. paid that's great but yeah. um yeah all of the other side of the music industry and it doesn't matter who it is it could be a completely new artist's or it could be, I don't know, Ed Sheeran or someone that I'm going to write for. What? And you're not getting paid. You're not getting your lunch paid for. You're not getting your travel paid for. Do nothing. you write for big artists? And if you do, do they know? And they just also turn a blind eye because it's the industry. Yes, they are. Yes, they're very aware. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the, one of the kind of tr- tricky things is, so that's I'm gonna get myself into trouble with this podcast but hey it needs to be it needs to be talked about um yeah artists big artists that have absolutely no contribution to the songwriting will have in their contracts that they take a percentage of songwriting so even though the songwriters made no money on the day even though the percentage of money trickling through from streaming is so tiny artists that don't write on their songs are still coming to grab a slice of that pie from the songwriters but how are they allowed to do that because this is a deal the label has agreed yeah and also everyone is always about trying to sort of get to the next level if you will so if a huge artist is gonna release one of your songs okay I might not actually make any money from this song but I can say I had a song with so and so that's going to open some doors for me yeah. isn't it and yeah it's yeah it's wild and you know if a huge artist that you've always wanted to work with is going to put your song out if you say no what then what the song is just not going to come out it's a little bit like actors going for endless auditions isn't it and investing that time and although it's, it's not completely the same because the auditions aren't used like yours uh, as, a, yeah. as a commodity but but in terms of just that acceptance that you will work and work and work for nothing. Yeah. And the problem is, is that if you say, no, I'm not writing for nothing, there'll always be someone else. 
there's that, that risk you won't get picked yeah yeah it's yeah, it is see, broken yeah. yeah it's so it's it's really broken um so yeah so I've had to create loads of other ways of making money still doing the thing that I love without kind of quitting the day job like quitting the dream rather because I never want to stop making songs for other artists I that's that's what I love I love it yeah. so much I'm never going to not do that yeah. um but I need to make a living as well yeah. <laughs> tell me something what's it like in terms of the gender divide in songwriting like you are a young attractive woman going into studios are you sometimes the only women in the set women in the setup are you are you yeah. sometimes looked upon as less than your worth because of how you know your age you know are, are people expecting you oh you're you're new to the industry you shouldn't expect to get paid that kind of attitude I mean I worked in the music industry in a PR capacity back right at the cusp of when it was changing and mm-hmm. I'd sit around boardroom tables full of old men really just talking about the good old days and you know yeah how, and it, they were really clutching to those good old days but it sounds as well like it hasn't evolved in a lot of ways yeah the music industry is way behind yeah in a lot of ways um we have yet to have our real me too movement in the music industry like everyone is just too too afraid to really? to, to truly yeah i've literally been around i'm not going to say any names but i've literally been around a major label person who was like a big deal in like the 90s and early noughties and then in recent years was fired from a major label due to a sexual misconduct uh lawsuit and yet everyone still wanted to be around him everyone still wanted to have a meeting with him to have him work with their artist to be around just because he was this name and and that momentum hadn't hadn't kicked in I guess it just it, I mean it's it, awful. Truly, it, it feels like people just didn't care oh. like in the industry and that's re- that that to me was really sad but I also got it because I was around this person and I was like well everyone else seems like okay to be around them and I don't really like the idea of it but hey he is I guess he's a big deal and I guess everyone else is cool with it, cool with him still being around and that really is the problem. And um, where there was obviously whistleblowers in that he had a lawsuit against him, was it kept quite hush-hush? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like everyone still knows. Like within the industry, I feel yeah, like everyone... Of course. There'll be so many of these stories within the music industry. You only have to look at, yeah, the exploitation of young people, of women, of of lots of different people because there's money and there's power and it's been generally run by by men. (laughs) Yeah, and it feels like, yeah, we just are in so many ways. The music industry is just behind. Like we're behind in modernising the way that people get paid. We're behind in, you know, things like script writers in Hollywood when they weren't being paid, they all said, well, we're not going to write anything. And so you change things. Whereas we're too, we're all too afraid because music is this thing that everyone that gets into this industry, you all want it so badly. Everyone is terrified of not getting it. 
and not getting it because you spoke about something or you stood up for yourself too much and like and and even yeah. with the de- kind of democratization of the music industry and and there's so many changes is that still the case for, for jobs like yours it is still very much that traditional route and the traditional model in terms of you still have to work with the same kinds of companies the same labels who work with the sim- same publishing companies or yeah there are like I would say there's more opportunity now to to be more careful about who you have around you and I do think there are you know there's indie labels and there's there are there are like great managers out there for example that really look after their artists and will not put them in vulnerable positions and will not let them be put in a terrible deal and there also are good people with all, all these major organizations as well but the problem is just overwhelmingly there are really antiquated standards across the board from from the way people get paid to to like gender inequality i i would never recommend that a young woman starting out in the industry does what i did which is contacting people on the internet and meeting them to go and work with them i feel like i put myself in so many vulnerable positions um yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like sh- just showing up at random men's houses, and I would, God, yeah. I would never do that if I was going on a date with someone, like an oh. online date. I would never go to someone's house. Um, but for music, for work, if they were like, "Yeah, my studio's in my house," I, I would go there. And there, there were studio sessions that I left because I felt unsafe. Um, really? Yeah. Because like, studio- are you? Being rep- you're not really being represented by anyone, are you? You were doing it off your own back. Yeah, um, because where else do you start? If you don't, if you don't have a team, you don't have a manager looking out for you because you're right at the beginning of your career. What, what else do you do? Um, so yeah, and yeah, there's um, kind of going back to what we said about like the gender imbalance. We're definitely. There are a lot more female producers coming up. There are. I was going um, to ask this. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there are organisations that really are all about championing women and non-binary people and having more gender diversity in music and creating opportunities for for people other than cis men to to work in music and in all aspects. So that is something that is being focused on. Absolutely. When I started, I was pretty much always the only woman in the room yeah. and I absolutely feel like yeah there were times when I wasn't treated particularly kindly or nicely um because there was a an expectation that to prove myself I had to prove that I was like one of the boys and that I would put up with stuff that I just I mean now I absolutely would not put up with that and <laughs> one of the things that I want to do like with my career is work with more you know, female and non-binary artists and help to develop them and help them yeah, <laughs> not make excellent. some of the, not be in some of the positions that I was in that I had because to learn from. That's fundamental to the shift then, isn't it? And the change is yeah, absolutely. just bringing in people with kind of modern attitudes. Well, not just modern attitudes, just the right attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and obviously there'll be lots and lots of decent people working in the music industry. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that you say there's, you're going you know this lack of kind of protection and structure mm-hmm. you're going to people's houses you know they're calling the yeah. shots with young yeah. women who are looking for a help on their career ladder and it does sound quite shocking yeah and it 
it is like yeah I mean I should mention that I absolutely also know incredible men specifically in this industry who who absolutely will not work with a young woman without their guardian there because they're just like no you this is what we're saying and you should ask this of everyone you work with that you are allowed to bring your dad or your guardian or someone because you should have that you shouldn't just come and meet us you don't know us you should have someone with you um and yeah those producers in particular when they told me that I was like I'm I'm so happy that there's people out like you out there yeah because yeah I wish I'd have known them when I was when I was starting out and how old were you talking about when you were starting out like how old were you when I very first was like working in music I was like 13 14 um but that, that but that time when I was you know hitting up people on on Twitter and SoundCloud and then them being like yeah you can come to a session at my house and I would just go um 19 20 yeah yeah, yeah around that age if we go back <laughs> to the process of when you're asked to write for a big artist what's that yeah. process like so you do you get contact by the management do you get contact by a producer who's been brought by the management who says right I know a writer um it can be a mixture any any of that um so it could be a producer that they're like we've been asked to 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 pitch so you know like a journalist would pitch an article or whatever um yeah. yeah we've been asked to pitch for this artist um we want you to work on it with us um it can come through like that it can come through from the label side or the management side so an A&R might reach out to me and say hey I'm looking for songs for so and so at the minute do you have anything um also I've had other writers who are like hey I'm I'm writing with this artist at the minute and I know they're looking for songs for their project do you want to send some stuff so yeah so yeah there's like multiple ways it can it can come about um the funny thing is is that notoriously the brief you're given like that they think they want yeah. when when you hear the single that gets chosen that gets put out you're like that was nothing like what you said you wanted oh, um, I bet that's so frustrating but that but that is just the creative process like sometimes yeah. you set out parameters and you're like these are the references this is the box but then when the artist was actually in the room with someone having that connection um something different came out and it was organic and it was so much better than what than what they thought yeah a lot of artists some artists just aren't interested in taking outside songs so unless you can which is fair because they want to be part of that creative process um so in those instances you really do need to have sort of made your way into the fold and be brought in there's lots of talk a lot about you know what when is someone part of the songwriting process or when they're not because you get people on named on a song but then you'll get commentary saying oh they you know they're on it but it was a team of writers around them that really wrote that or they didn't really have an input or maybe they just had the idea and they didn't like the song like how how true to life is that do you is it a lot of the time that artist name will be in the process be on the credit but not really yeah um often often the artist will be in the room for the whole creative process they were there the whole time. They were contributing ideas, but they didn't really write any lyrics or any melodies. The songwriter did that. In those instances, I think it is still fair to cut them in equally because they were there. They were contributing. The song wouldn't be what the song is without yeah. them there being a part of that creative process. Um, 
there's like an old Nashville saying that's that says write a word get a third which means <laughs> which means basically whoever's in the room you're getting cut in equally yeah yeah I think it's and I think that's great I think when it's unfair is when the artist wasn't even there and they were sent the song and then they're taking a cut especially because artists have multiple ways of making money as an artist from their music careers and songwriters have just this one Mm. and then so to have have your one part be reduced even more by someone that didn't do anything that's tough um and there's yeah there's lots of artists that are like we really stand with yeah songwriting needs to change like we need to modernize music and you're like yeah but but you're very happy to take a piece of that pie. I was like, going to ask that. Do you yeah. ever get anyone that that resists it, that says, no, no, I wasn't part of that. Don't put me on the credit because they're being advised by agents and management saying, no, 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 put them on, aren't they? Yeah. And they also, sometimes they'll be in contracts that say things like, um, this artist has to have written 40% of their album to to match the terms that we originally set out. You have to have written 40%. So that artist then might be going back and being like, uh, actually, um, yeah, I, I do think I wrote more on that song. So I do think I deserve more of a cut in um, because they have to meet the obligation that they agreed to. Um, even and then do you just give it? Sadly, mostly yes, because you want that song to come out. And <laughs> the other sad thing is, is that we're getting paid so little from like an album song even with a major artist an album track you're not going to make any money even with the biggest artists you're making so little money that you don't want to fight and ruin relationships over the sake of literal pennies so say you wrote an album song for let's say a big artist like yeah Justin Timberlake or something Yeah, Um, yeah but it's an album track Mm-hmm. And he goes on to sell. Is it still going? I know it's on sales, but it's also on streams, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, like, remember when you would buy an album when it came out on a CD, you were buying the whole thing, right? Yeah. So no one, so no one could go back and pick through and say, like, mm, actually, Claire, people don't really like your song. That song gets skipped. No one yeah, knows that. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't know that the album was being bought. The album's selling well. Everyone that wrote on the album, you're doing well. Whereas now we can actually look. So an album will get released onto streaming, but listeners can pick which songs they want to listen to. So we, so it is on a song-by-song basis rather than the album collectively. The way um, you're saying it's literal pennies, I mean, yeah. you put in that work on a song, but are you saying that you could literally earn almost nothing from it, even yeah. though it's on a huge, huge album? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> even though it could have been heard by millions yeah yeah that's yeah. just and, it, and it's normal is it to have lots of different writers contributing to one album to oh to an album absolutely yeah because each song has multiple people writing on it um we're really it's very rare that an artist will work with like one producer and one writer I don't think anyone does that anymore actually but yeah that certainly is I just, if it does happen it's very rare. like Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson kind of mm-hmm. that's yeah. but but that was big that was iconic because she kind of stuck to that was it yeah and that yeah you know I would argue that that is one of the reasons why that as a body of work is an incredible body of work mm. because they had that relationship and the album really does tell a story yeah whereas 
often now an album truly is like a collection of songs with with very little through line um because things like until adele said so on spotify a few months ago like you don't even have to listen to the to it in order no. so so therefore artists are like well it almost doesn't make sense for me to make this thing that flows because people are going to listen to it not necessarily in the way i intended um but yeah you'll have like you'll have four writers on one song you'll have five writers on one song like if you've sampled a track that exists already every writer that was involved in the original track that you've sampled is getting a slice as well which is fair because you yeah, use their work yeah but yeah. yeah which is why as well sometimes people kind of mock when you go through a sheet and it's like oh this Beyonce song has like 15 writers on it it's like well yeah because anyone that was even close to a Beyonce song they're not going to let their word not be credited no. yeah, yeah so yeah. of course um yeah <laughs> can you name any ones we might any artists you've written for that we might know um there's loads of big artists that I've written for that haven't had stuff come out yet um oh. so so hopefully some stuff that you'll get to hear soon but truly stay in touch truly truly you never know um for me the most exciting thing is always the creative so I've got to work with producers who are like dream producers of mine who I for years had been like oh, I can't wait till I get to write with them oh, wow. um so who, who like, they um so currently so I'm working on an artist project myself um you know um I am a little a little fed up of giving that control to other people and pouring my heart out and waiting for them to decide if that song ever comes out so so yeah I'm, I'm putting music out again um it's so good. the producer on that project is a guy called Wayne Wilkins um he's produced for Beyonce for <gasps> Natasha Bedingfield so yeah to oh, work wow. with him when he was like I want to work with you on this was just such oh, a dream yeah. um I work really closely with a production duo called Future Cut who um produced all of the original Lily Allen stuff she talks about them in her book they're just the most incredible guys uh produced for like Ollie Murs, Little Mix, Dua Lipa um so yeah pretty big names <laughs> yeah 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 like yeah big people um I've worked in the states with a producer called Rob Knox who produced like a lot of Justin Timberlake stuff, Alicia Keys. Um, yeah, so with all of those people, we pitch records, but also when new artists are working with them that are like in development with labels, we'll write together for those new artists. So yeah, hopefully some of those artists are going to be big. <laughs> yeah, I'll go on to your artist um, project in a second, but just because mm. of the kind of times we've been through in the last, you know, we've had a pandemic, we've had social upheaval, we've had, you know, we've had the news at the moment is just awful looking at the state of events in Ukraine. And, you yeah. know, people are going through real adversity globally. Yeah. We're seeing it. Do you, sometimes great music can come out of, you know, yeah. really tough times because it really is going to the core of how people feel and and what they're up against and do you find like it'd be interesting to know like in these last few years what that impact has been especially I think more the the pandemic I'm thinking of really yeah um, absolutely on the um, creative process I think it really differed from creative to creative like 
for me, I'm quite introverted, so I am happy to just sit and for producers to be like, hey, I sent you this big folder of instrumentals and for me just to spend all week just sat pouring my heart out, recording my demos at home, like that to me like really fills my heart, makes me so happy and and I think that that did kind of get me through lockdown because everyone was at home so people were just sending me all this stuff and I just was sat creating. Mm. Um for other creatives so they I missed being in person with people. I really missed sitting in a room and feeding off that energy of other people, but I can still write songs on my own like just based on things I'm going through um and still enjoy that escapism of what was going on in the world with yeah with pouring my heart out into a song but definitely there are a lot of creatives who really rely on that energy of other people and having those people in the room which is completely valid you know we all have different ways of accessing our creativity and and I know they really struggled um and I know lots of artists who just felt like they lost their purpose a little bit because they were like, I don't know what, I don't know where we're going with this. I don't, uh, am my song still going to come out? Am I ever going to play this song live? Um, artists that had big plans for like 2020, like they were going to go on tour or they were going to re- release their first single. And then it just felt like, is there any point? Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it really, really differed from creative to creative, I guess in the same way that for everyone, every single person, our experience differed. Have you noticed a reflection in lyrics? Yeah, I think I think since we've kind of been towards the end of it, there was a bit of a shift. And I remember doing like a writer's circle and I was like, it's time to get excited about, yeah. about life again and the idea that soon we might be able to be with our loved ones again. And then I think that reignited a need to like, have songs that were about joy and celebration and being happy and stuff um I remember Dua Lipa's album came out around that time and that album is all uplifting and dancey and feel good and I think that did so well at that time because everyone was like yes I need that escapism I need to just dance um so I think that side almost more so than writing about feeling isolated and being alone that's been my experience anyway is that people have wanted to celebrate and and sing about how beautiful it is to be around other people and not take that for granted (laughs) yeah no absolutely and yeah it's we've been a slog hasn't it and it's I think yeah yeah, just that renewed energy across the board is what everyone needed and I think yeah has started to really feel so you have a new artist project you just mentioned and that's called bunny it's called girl bunny Girl Bunny, okay. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, So Girl Bunny kind of was born, I guess, about mm, eight months ago, something like that. Um, And it was born out of a co-writer of mine, um, incredible writer called Emily Phillips. We had been writing for months over Zoom because this was in lockdown. We actually met during lockdown. We were introduced like this, just over a screen. Um, (laughs) And we started writing songs together and sometimes you just have great songwriting chemistry with someone. Um, And we just loved working together. So we were writing all these songs, like multiple songs a week, songs that we absolutely loved. Sending them off to people. songs a week? 
yeah 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 I was gonna yeah quickly how long is this song like to to write one song for you obviously it will Mm. differ with artist collaboration but how quickly can you write a song it it completely can depend on the day but sometimes like half an hour 45 minutes but sometimes sometimes all day sometimes multiple days it it depends but um songwriting is kind of like a muscle and the more you do it the sort of quicker you can access that part of your brain and the more melodies just seem to like keep generating and the more lyrical ideas so if you just keep doing it stuff can come quite quickly um so yeah but so yeah so Emily and I were we were writing yeah like multiple songs a week songs that we loved um sometimes labels were saying like we we've got to have the finished version of this song by Wednesday so we're like moving our whole schedules around rushing I'm sitting up until midnight re-recording the vocals with that one change and we'd send it and then nothing they wouldn't even bother to respond to an email we were like (laughs) and we started to be like not even disheartened anymore we were like this is a joke like this is this is laughable how much we love these songs and how much work we're putting in for people to not even bother to respond to an email it's once awesome. we've done all that work. Yeah. Um, and she called me one night. So all of our songs that we would write together, I would then sing them all and, and do the do the demos. And I'd record them just at home and on this little mic behind me. <laughs> um, yeah, and she just called me one night and she was like, she was like, Claire, I, I don't care. I don't care anymore if, like, if they're not responding to these songs because they're wrong. Like these songs are great, and I was like, I know, I know. Like they're they're idiots. Like <laughs> I love our songs too. And she was like, No, seriously, I don't even want to hear another singer on this song. I just want, I just want people to hear it like this. And I was like, Okay, what are you getting at? She was like, Why are we not just, Why are we not just putting these songs out? Yeah. Um, and at first, I was a little hesitant because, just sort of after everything that I've that I'd been through in this industry is so tough <laughs> and I had, had kind of told myself I wouldn't I was not going to put myself out there like that again I'm a songwriter I'm a behind the scenes person um that's where I'm meant to be um and I should pick one or the other so I'll just be a songwriter um so at first I was like oh are we really doing this um and she'd called me at like 11 o'clock and I was like already in bed and then I woke up the next morning and I just was so completely sure. Like, oh, yeah, we're good. doing this. This is what we're doing. This is who I want to be. This is this is the kind of music I want to make. This is the kind of branding I want to have. And it was as if that was all there all yeah. along. And like all the experiences I've had over the years, writing for other people, the ups and downs of like working in music. It's like it was all there, like waiting to just be unlocked. And then it just took someone else actually really believing in it to say, I think we should do this. Um, oh, that's wonderful. So yeah. so what are you doing? You're going to release an album? Mm-hmm. You're going to release... Amazing. Yeah, well, for now, we'll, we're going to release a bunch of singles across the year. So the first single comes out on the 18th of March, which is oh, very soon. long, yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, um, so the creative team is myself, Emily is the co-writer and then everything is produced by Wayne Wilkins um so like how will people find it 
So if they head to like my social media pages, which is Girl Bunny, girl is spelled G-R-L and then bunny. Um, and there's links. There'll be links there, hopefully, by the time they hear this. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah to, go and, to go and check it out. But really, I've just found it so empowering to like mm-hmm. unlock that other aspect of my creativity and just, yeah, re- reclaim that power really of making music and then being like, we'll decide if this yeah. gets heard and when it gets heard and that has just been so fun like finally knowing that I'm making music that is coming out it's not just going to sit on someone's laptop it's not going to be in an email attachment that someone doesn't bother to open yeah um, does it feel a bit exposing um I thought it would feel really scary but mm. actually I'm just having so much fun with it um it and I think my sort of my priorities and my goals for this are different to when I was first making music um before I was very focused on I hope a label notices me and I hope a really good manager wants to work with me and all these external things whereas now I'm just enjoying doing it yeah yeah and I'm like I hope people get to hear it and I hope people like it and whatever happens with it will happen but I at least know that I'm making things I'm really proud of and like being the most creative version of myself um and I'm still I'm still going to continue to write songs for other artists because I still I still love that yeah um but yeah this is this is something so fun and I think I didn't realize until Girl Bunny kind of was created that I guess I had lost a bit of my joy for music not the creating of music like ever that will always be my favorite thing in the world but I think the things that I had seen in the music industry, the things I'd gone through, the people I'd met had just become so disheartening. I think I was losing my love for that side of things. Um, And now I feel like I've got it all back because I'm just doing something that I love doing. And I don't really, I don't really need their opinions anymore. Like that'd be nice if, (laughs) be nice if they think what I'm doing is great, but ultimately that's not the goal. No. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. I'm so pleased you've done that. And that's Thank Girl you. Bunny, GRLBunnyWorld.com. Yeah, that's me. That's yeah. brilliant. And just, yeah, just as I, as you were talking, it occurs to me, have you ever written a song about the music industry and how you feel about it? Um, Yeah, definitely. I've definitely written um, both just for my own, like, <laughs> feeling. Rage. <laughs> yeah. Songs that I was like, I don't think anyone's going to hear this. Um, <laughs> um, and then also, there's definitely been some like heartbreak songs that sort of sound like they're about a relationship when really they're about like music. Um, oh. I definitely have like a very clear memory of having an awful trip. No, I won't say it's completely awful. A really difficult trip to Los Angeles, which is pre-pandemic something I was doing regularly like flying myself out there with my own money (laughs) with my own overdraft yeah to join this kind of songwriting circles yeah so I like all my connections and everyone I know and everything I built is completely just from me putting myself out there so in the same way that I had connected with people when I first started online I have done the same with management companies, labels, A&Rs, publishers, producers in LA as well because there's such a huge scene out there and there's so many artists out there that I want to work with. Um, 
So I would just be like, hi, I'm coming to LA. Could we grab a coffee? Could I play some songs? Um, and I started to develop some relationships there. And there was one year in particular where I'd gone out in the beginning of the year, had some meetings and they'd said, hey, it's a, such a shame that you're not here for longer because God, if you were here for longer, we could really do some stuff. And I was like, will I? I can come back for longer. I'll come back for the whole summer. And they were like, you definitely should do that. You definitely should come for the whole summer. And I was like, this is it. Let's go. Came for the whole summer. Didn't hear from these people the entire, <laughs> the entire time until it literally was time to go home. And I remember I'd written this song about, you know, packing up and coming to LA and everyone letting me down and being like, mm. <laughs> and then I played it in this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> did you <laughs> yeah. and they were just like oh my god yeah that's a great song I was like oh, I don't even listening to what I'm oh, saying we are, no. yeah yeah oh, um god. I just you know I've learned from that now and I feel like hey they didn't you've got to try it they, like, yeah good for you you went out and did it like that's incredible yeah. and you can't take that experience away even if it wasn't what you thought it was going to be exactly it, it taught me so much it taught me that yeah. people even if they do have good intentions, like they don't owe you anything, and they didn't they didn't pay to fly me out there. I chose to do that. Yeah, it's just it's just another one of those things, and I had to learn to like make the best of that experience. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so you also mentor other songwriters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, tell me about that as well. You know, helping the kind of next crop come through. Yeah. So. Because I just didn't know that that was a career path that was open to me. Um, I'm really passionate about people knowing that that's something that is open to them, that that you can do. Um, but not only that, but also teaching them that there are other pockets of the industry where you can make your money. Because um, whilst we are stuck in this phase of this antiquated system, which means that because because the way music has been consumed is completely modernized, but the the payments aren't. It just means no one's making any money. But I don't want, there's like a bit of a narrative that's like, oh, like songwriting is dead. You can't be a songwriter anymore. It's it, like, because you can't make a living. And I really want people to know, well, you can. You just have to think outside the box a little bit. You have to really create your own opportunities. You have to open yourself up to all these other things and look at these ways that I earn money as a songwriter that you could do as well so yeah it's about and kind of sharing some of those experiences and mistakes that I've made or tough lessons that I've had to learn that I'm like please don't please don't learn it like I did please learn from me yeah (laughs) yeah so um it varies so I I do songwriting workshops in schools and colleges that's incredible yeah I teach them that hey it doesn't matter if you can't play the guitar you can write a song let me teach you how we do it um and we kind of learn the art of collaboration as well and writing a song in a group which is a big Mm. part of how popular music is made it is collaborative that's just the nature of how we we make music um so yeah I teach things like this um I have an online songwriting course which I think has has over 3,000 students at the minute so that's (gasps) yeah that's something I created in the pandemic um which That's I was brilliant. like, I don't, know if, I don't know if anyone wants to hear this. And turns out, yeah, people did. And they've said it's, you know, it's taught them how how they can write songs and how they can better their songwriting, which just, yeah, 
makes me so happy because songwriting is the thing that I love yeah, more than anything amazing. in the world. So for other people to feel like I've helped them to do that is is great. Um, so yeah, and I also um, at the start of this year I created this little virtual songwriter circle where people log on to Zoom, like you know, almost like we are right now, and they send me their songs and I play them for the group and I give them some feedback. Um, I talk to them about what their songwriting goals are, look at how maybe I can give them some tips for staying accountable and reaching those goals that they've set for themselves as like to become better songwriters or artists. And yeah, this, it's just something that I really, I'm really passionate about. And I love people and I love songwriting. So <laughs> I love that so much because your passion comes across to me. I can't, I can't imagine how much it comes across <laughs> to songwriters who are so engaged. And like you were just talking, you know, for a lot of the chat about the problems in the industry, like you are yeah. such a positive side of what's, you know, of, of an industry that is a little bit broken. But look what it's creating. It's creating people like you that is a forcing change and helping nurture talent and seeing what needs to be done to make it a better yeah oh thank work. you yeah because that's the thing I really I'm just really passionate about I I really want people to to follow that career path because it just it brings me so much joy I, I love it so much and I want people to have that for themselves um yeah but also I want to be yeah part of a positive change I want to I want to be a part of shifting this industry because it is so important to me yeah, because there must be so many people who have that passion that maybe lost it because they felt quite dismayed or, you know, very jaded or let down and not yeah. motivated anymore. Yeah, like even it just in the years that I've been a songwriter, there are so many other songwriters that sort of at the beginning were very much there with me and we were all on the kind of come up together and they just kind of fell by the wayside because they were like, it's it's too, it's too, it's it sounds silly to say it's too hard but it is hard it's mm. it's heartbreaking at times this industry um and some people are just like I just I just would rather be happy I would rather be happy which is completely fair um but I guess I want people to know that you can do both um it reminds me slightly of um a podcast I did with Eater O'Brien an intimacy coordinator which mm. basically goes on to set for a long time just like the music industry young people women were exploited on sets you know they were put into uncomfortable situations yeah. often sex scenes and things without any support any guidance often a male director just like you do this and mm -hmm. because of the fear of not being picked again to be in a role of not you know getting that next job because you know you didn't know where it was and not getting paid they would do it and they'd have experts come in as fight scene experts to choreograph, you know, dancing and everything, but nothing for sex scenes. Yeah. No support whatsoever. And now there's this movement where, and it's not just that behind the camera, you're getting these consent dramas now, normal people, I may destroy yeah. you, sex education, where young people are talking about the importance of being empowered yeah. and, and having positive role models and, and protection and behind the scenes and it's, it's the same in the music industry you know it's it's very similar yeah just absolutely. Need people to make that change and for people in the industry to to support that change yeah absolutely um and it does come back a little bit to what we were talking about where people are just a little bit too scared to really kind of stand up for themselves and stand up for other people in the room because because it is this rough industry and everyone is terrified that you're going to get like kicked out you just want to you just want to kind of slide by and 
get to the top almost um it's the yeah, opposite no. of what music you know can do <laughs> rally which people is, together change which things. is the craziest thing about the music industry because yeah. music itself is just the most beautiful thing that brings people together and like helps and levels people you know brings people to the same level yep absolutely and like music doesn't care like where you're from or how much money you have or yeah music is unifying and and can like really have such a huge impact and then the flip side is that the industry of this beautiful thing is so ugly (laughs) like um yeah so we need to we need to really work to to be a change well you are so people <laughs> listening can go to claredovewrites.com mm-hmm. so that's your own site where you can learn about the kind of songwriting yeah. circles and that's the courses okay. that you put on and then girl bunny world girl without the eye grlbunnyworld.com mm-hmm. for your new project and your new music My being ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i can't wait to listen thank you so much it's been so lovely having you on. I've loved, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. Um, <laughs> I have to limit my creativity. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, it's been so fun. I'm so glad you talked so honestly as well about um, the industry. And because I think a lot of people that listen to this, you know, they want to know the reality. Not, yeah. And that's, that's the reason why I set this up, wasn't it? You know, you get these glossy day in the life exactly um, things or you get the opposite you'll get a, a review site or a job description where people only talk about the negatives and you really yeah. want to just know right what is the reality what that you really get like? you'll get some fantastic highs here but you'll have to battle you know yeah. a lot of uh, rejection or um like you say just people not even responding to the work that you put up yeah. four hours into yeah and that's tough. But yeah, so thank you so much. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get hear the responses to this chat. Yay, me too. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Claire. Bye. Bye. That was Claire Dove, a professional songwriter and also a singer with new material out. Go and check her out on social media. Girl Bunny, G-R-L Bunny. And also her songwriting work at Claire Dove Writes. So thank you so much for listening. Feel free to spread the word of the pod and reach out to me on social media, please, to let me know what you think and if you've got any careers that you'd love to see featured. See you soon. 